Hey everybody, welcome to the Rainbow Boys Podcast, fishing podcast for aspiring anglers and folks who just don't fish. Yet. We're here to inspire all to adventure, be it on the water or through the trees. We just want you to get out there, get your toes wet. Today on the podcast, Nick and I are going to dive into fishing one-on-one terms. We've got 25 very basic terms that we thought it would be fun and simple to throw them all in order. So as you're uh, beginning your angling journey, when you go into the shop to ask for help, or if you hear us say something on any episodes coming up or in the past, uh, maybe this puts a little context on it. But before I do that, we had an adventure this weekend. Rainbow Boys hit the water in the Rainbow Barge, the Rainbow Boy Barge. My cousin and my brother's canoe. We took it out to Rampart and we had a pretty good time. Nick, did you have a good time? It was a great time. Took a little while to get used to. I think we had a great time. On the way up to the reservoir. Oh, I'm sorry, we didn't go to the Rampart. We went to North Catamount. Yep. Up on the Pikes Peak Highway on the way up to Pikes Peak, Yield Pikes Peak. On the way up there, though, we popped into a fly shop near my house. Nick had purchased a class, a fly fishing class, at another shop in town, which we won't say the name of because it's not a positive experience. We don't want to hate on people too much. Yeah, so I was I was just hanging around one of the local areas and stumbled across a fly shop that I didn't know was there. And I decided to step in and, and feel feel for the energy and see what it was all about. And no sooner had I gone in there, I'm looking at all the flies, just kind of immersing myself in the experience. And a guy came in, similar to me, not much fly fishing experience. And he straight up asked, like, I'm new to this. I don't really know what I'm doing. Can you help me out? And so the the guy that was working shop, he was, he was very helpful, very great. He showed him a bunch of flies, showed him a bunch of like how to's and talked him through a couple of things. And I, I was just kind of putzing around, minding my own business and just soaking it all in and no sooner did the guy leave that the guy behind the counter started talking trash and i, I kind of felt like my whole experience in that moment really lived up to the intimidation of going into a fly fish shop and not mm-hmm. really knowing what you're doing and feeling self-conscious and all of this and so i just kept minding my own business and there was a an actual fly guy in there who was one of their suppliers that they buy flies from so he was he was an artist and a, a tire there and they were talking a little bit of shop and after he left i went up to the the guy working the the cash register and asked him about if they have any fly fishing classes just because i want to expand my experience and get to know that side of fishing a little bit better and i i signed up for it kind of hesitantly because i i felt guilty for going in there and just kind of wandering around a little bit so i was like well at least i can leave with a class and, and something that i can take some education from here in the long run but i left there and i still had this feeling i was like i I didn't like that experience just hearing how they were talking about that guy after he left and it was very very much one of those typical experiences of of what you would think going into a fly shop would be not having any experience and so i was i was a little taken aback from it and then we're headed up to the water and nick tells me the story he tells me how much he paid for the class and i was like nick man you could cancel that class Go take the 201 class at Angus Covey, plus get yourself all set up for the cost of that class. Get yourself like, because they they have those Orvis rod and reel combos that are pre-lined and it comes with a bag and like, I think it was like 190 bucks. So yeah, it's pricey because it's like a nice, it's nice equipment. I told Nick about it and Nick's like, interesting, you know, like in the cars we're driving in and we're just popping in because I wanted to ask the, the crew there 
hey, what people what are people saying that they're taking at the Catamounts? We're headed up north Catamount, and the guy recommended me a fly. And while I did that, Nick's like <laughs> grabs a reel and rod combo, and he starts and he's like, I'm doing it, man. I'm just gonna cancel that class. <laughs> and Nick bought a brand new rod and reel. It was awesome. <laughs> and so we I got did. So it was like a crash course for Nick and I fly fishing. It was maybe the second time I've ever gone out with my fly rod set up. We still brought our spinner reels and spinners to cast switch. And we're, we're going to talk about what that is in a second. You don't know. But it was funny to have a day where we kind of set up together. We were practicing. We, we were out on the water for a long time. Not only were two, if you know, if you haven't met us in person, Nick and I are big boys. When we say rainbow boys, <laughs> we mean big old rainbows. Nick and I are both at least 6'4", over 230 pounds. So we we almost hit the weight cap on that canoe that we took out on the water on Saturday. So it was a little wobbly, but we got out there and we swallowed our pride and we looked like dummies as we threw our rods around and got our flies caught in trees and bushes all day long. But it was exciting. I, it was so fun. And I didn't get any commission off of that sale, which was the biggest upset. No, you, you definitely should have. As and, we walked- and by the way, I... I appreciate you being generous about the weight. I think I lost a few pounds there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was being generous about mine, too. But uh, yeah, I'm clean over 240. No problem there. No shame in the game. I'm a dad nope. of two. The fact that my back doesn't go out every week, that's a victory, man. I'm taking that as far as my health <laughs> game right now. We So we get set up. We're out on the water, and we're taking the canoe to different spots on the catamounts. Because if you haven't been up to the North Catamount here in Colorado near Pikes Peak, it's one of our reservoirs. It's really big. There's a lot of inlets. So we're taking the canoe, hitting up different ends. We saw so many fish on Saturday, and we didn't catch any for hours. And at one point, we're on the canoe, and we're right into our next spot, and I see a rainbow pop fully out of the water, kind of close to shore. There's some tall seagrass sticking out, and I see the rainbow jump, and I'm like, hey, Nick, cut the canoe really quick. I have my fly rod set up from our last failed attempt at a cove where we watched tons of fish. I mean, I watched rainbows swimming in front of me, and I was switching flies all day already using a new extra line on the tip of my line which we'll talk about the definitions of those words later but we were both like whatever man good thing we have our spinner rods and reels every 30 or 40 minutes we pulled those out and threw them just so we could like feel the power but they weren't taking anything i mean we watched fish i watched fish chasing my little spinner lure through the water for like four feet and then stopping so it was a tough day and then we see this fish jump nick cuts the canoe sideways i cast a few different times i'm in the back of the canoe nick's in the front and uh, the way that he spun he put himself kind of right in front of the fish and I cast it and I had this little like, I don't even remember the name of the fly, but it looks like a little grasshopper. So I was calling it a hopper. But it's the one that the dude at English Covey told me to get. Was it a chubby it. Chernobyl? I don't think it was though. No. It wasn't. But that's I feel like that's one of the ones I, even the few that I know the name of, I throw it out there and uh, Nick's like, he got it, man. And I was like, what? And he's like, the fish, dude. He like bit it. <laughs> he like ate the whole thing. And I'm like, and it's the first time I've ever caught a fish on my fly rod. And fly rods are so different from spinning rods, like the bearings and the reel, the the tension, the pull, the weight, the fish, you can feel it so much more. So on the fly rod, I had no idea. I set it late. That's where you set is where you pull, where you just do a little bit of flick and it sets the hook in the fish's mouth. The fish had almost swallowed the fly all the way down. So so we caught it in. So Nick and I, it's our second fish that we've officially caught together as a team. Because Nick's like, you got him, man. Reel him in. And I was like, oh, I don't even know. I've never done this. So it was beautiful. It was a little 12 and a half stock rainbow trout. I had to leave my fly in the fish. And this was a difficult choice to make. And this is a good lesson. And we might, we'll do some research on this later and talk more about it. Because I set the hook late, the fish had swallowed it a lot. Or maybe the way that it approached the fly, I'm not even sure. I'm a new angler, so I don't know a ton of what I'm doing. It was so far down in the mouth of the fish that 
as we're in the canoe trying to not fall out of the water. Remember, two big boys in a smaller canoe. I'm trying my best not to shake it. Nick is up front, like not having a good time at all. I'm holding on for dear life. No. In my head, I wasn't moving at all. I'm just trying to get this fish into the net. Got it in the net. Went to grab, pull the hook out without trying to fall out. But it was so far deep. I had my long little plier things. I usually used to take the hooks out, but it was so far in. You know, the longer you keep the fish out of the water, the higher the stress, the more it can't breathe, the more damage that it can do to the fish. And we're catch and release boys. And we're doing our best to conserve and respect the life as we, you know, the tug's the drug. We're out there just for the hunt, um, but we want the fish to have a good time and not be totally ruined. It was between me like feeling like I'm going to kill this fish if I pull the hook out. So I left I left the fly in and I was pretty, you know, I didn't actually enjoy the catch. It was kind of hard to do it because I was like, oh no, like, should I have done it? I was worried about the fish being stressed. It was the longest time that I think I've held a fish out of the water. It wasn't very long, but even then when I put it back, it took a little bit of time to get recalibrated and relaxed in the water. And Nick, that afternoon, we go to the pool with some family. We got the kids we're at the community pool. And I'm talking, you know, everyone's being like, Dan, you went out today. Did you catch anything? And I was like, barely. All my friends are laughing at uh, how much time I spent on the water and how little fish I catch. I said like, yeah, I got a rainbow on the water. And this old man, I hear, where'd you go? And I turn around and there's this older guy. And he's like, where'd you go? Dude's like a hardcore angler, you know, to his grave, which is why he just like interjected. He's like, where'd you go? And I told him, nice. and he's like, oh yeah, you fish. And we talked, uh, you know, he get, he literally asked for my phone number because he wants to take us fly fishing, Nick. So his nice. name's Rick. He was awesome. He was so cool. And I told him my story about losing the fly in the mouth. And he kind of, he reassured me. I told him the situation. He's like, you know, he's been fly fishing for 20 plus years. And he's like, I would have done the same thing. And it made me feel so much better. We had a successful day out on the water. We caught that one guy. We saw a lot of fish. We got a lot of practice casts in. I didn't knock Nick into the water in the canoe. And yeah, no man overboard. <laughs> no man Thank overboard. Goodness. But it was close. And all for a little 12 inch stock rainbow trout, it would have been <laughs> worth it. But I will say nice. all that, that fun story to say that like, it's so special to have you, Nick, to be out on the water with you because you know, like we now, we literally now have two fish that we've caught together. Cause I don't qualify that yep. as like a fish that I caught. It was like, Hey, I saw it. We were in the right place at the right time. We worked together yeah. and it felt really okay. Yeah. Maybe it was on my fly and my rod and reel, but like without Nick, I couldn't, where I was on the canoe and how far away I was, I wouldn't have been able to see it, you know? So that was, that was a special time. So thanks for the assist, Nick. That's two under our belts. We got a wild trout and we got a stock trout together. Yeah. And a new fishing friend who's going to take us fly fishing. My angler listeners, if you are already in the game, if you feel pretty confident in your fishing terms, this episode is not for you. This is totally for our people who are emerging anglers who are really just getting their heads up to the water. Let's jump into some fishing 101 terms. This is going to be, it was going to be a short little episode and then we started talking about our last trip, but what a surprise. I'm sure that's going to happen a lot more in the future. All right, so fishing basics, angling. We call ourselves anglers, and we're actually going to have an ep- episode coming up about what an angler is and the type of mindset an angler should have. But an angler is just somebody who catches fish with a rod, reel, line, and hooks. And actually, if you study the etymology of the word angler, it has to do with hooks, which we'll chat about later. But that's what angling is. That's why we say anglers. Also, it's a lot more inclusive than fishermen, which is another great reason why we like to use the term anglers, because want to make sure everybody feels like they can get out there with a hook, catch a little something. Tackle. Tackle is the general term for the equipment that you use in your fishing. Nick, you've heard of a tackle box. For a minute there, I thought we were talking about football. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Bait. Bait is anything that you use to attract and catch fish. Now, usually bait can be live bait or it can be artificial bait. And there are a lot of places that have regulations on whether or not you can use live or artificial bait. Lures are a little bit different from bait. Lures are a type of artificial bait 
used to attract fish. So a lure, like a spinning lure, is what Nick and I will fish on a lot. It's fun. It's a little bit easier. There's a lot of different sizes. You can use different size lure to catch different size and types of fish. But usually when you're using a lure, which is an artificial bait used to attract the fish, it's like made of metal or plastics. And you don't you don't usually put any bait on it, like a power bait, which is an artificial scented bait for fish to really draw them in. So to get your line out on the water, you need to cast it. That's just simply throwing out the line out in the water, whether you're fly fishing, whether you're rod and reel fishing, it's got to get out there somehow. And that's what the cast is. What we're all searching for is the bite, the almighty bite. We want a fish to be interested in what we've got, our bait or our lure, and we want them to take a big old gulp so we can set the hook. Bank fishing simply is just fishing from the shore, whether you're on a riverbank, on the side of a reservoir. If you're casting line into a body of water from solid ground, that is bank fishing. That big old stick with string on it, that's called your rod. Now, rods and reels can be sold separately and sold together. We talked about this a little bit in our getting out there on the water for under $100 episode. You can buy a rod and reel combos. You can buy that as a fly rod or a spinning reel rod. So those combos exist elsewhere. Now, I have an extra reel that is not attached to a rod, but I can attach that to any rod that is designed to hold a spinning reel. So the rod, this is the long stick part. They come in different lengths. They come with different strengths, depending on the type of fish that you are out to get. The reel is the device that is connected to your rod that's winding and unwinding the fishing line. Now look, I know these are basic terms, but that's why we're doing this little episode. The line on your rod and reel. This is the cord that carries your hook and your lure. It's the line. This is the string. So we call it the line. It's what's it's what you're using to cast your bait and your lures. Now, there's a few different types of line. We're not going to talk all about the different types of line. And then there's also parts that you attach to your line, like a leader. So if you're watching a YouTube channel and a guy's talking about his fishing setup, and he's like, I've got a braided line on my spinner reel. My leader is a monofilament. And you're like, whoa, okay, Dan, that was, I'm not sure I know what that meant. Well, the line is the main amount of the fishing line, the braided line that he's decided to, he or she's decided to use. And then the leader is what she's attached to the tip of that line. The leader is gonna be a clear color and that's gonna be designed at the end so that way you can maybe cut it short when you attach your hooks and your bait and your lures to it. So leader is a part of the line. It's gonna be the end part, the tip that's going out towards the fish. Now, the two types of rods and the two types of main fishing that we've talked about so far on the show is a fly rod. Now fly rods are built different from spinning rods. This is a spinning reel, makes that fun sound. There's bearings that are shooting this up and down. It's a lot easier to fish with a spinning rod and reel than it is a fly rod and reel. They're just a different approach. You can catch the same fish with the different stuff. But the spinning rod is a common type and it's great for beginners. So we encourage, you know, if you want to jump right into fly fishing and you've never fished before, awesome, go for it. But fly fishing is a little bit more like hunting. And we'll talk about that later. Honestly, fly fishing, get into fly fishing if you're ready to study bugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's weird to say it, but that's a big part of it. And that's, that's what I've been learning about. Now, when we're talking about the different types of lines, let's talk about some more lines that have to do with fly rods, because you might hear this. Now, this is called backing. This is an extra line stored on the reel that extends the fly line. Fly lines, those are hollow lines that float on the water. That's a fly line. 
You do not use a fly line on a spinning reel. Okay, there's a few different characteristics of a rod that you'll hear people talk about when you go to the fishing, the tackle shop, and you're asking about rods or reels. You're gonna hear the employees talk about rod action. Now the rod action describes how much a rod can flex under pressure. And the action is usually qualified by a number depending on the weight of the fish that it can handle, more or less. So rod action is how much it flexes and the rod power refers to a rod's resistance to bending. How strong is that rod? An ultralight rod is a little bit more flexible and that's gonna make the hunt a little more fun when you're trying to yoink a cutie out of the stream and you've got even like a six inch brown trout. If you've got an ultralight rod, that's still a lot of fun. If you've got a really powerful, strong rod, you're just gonna yoink that little sweetie out of the water. It's gonna go flying behind you <laughs> because your rod's gonna have no give. So it's important to know what type of fish you're going for and what type of rod that you're gonna buy when you decide to invest. So that's why understanding rod action and rod power are important. And then the last, the last term we'll use in this category of rod reels and lines is the test. This is the rating of the line's breaking strength. So when I was talking about a braided line earlier, leading to a monofilament leader, which is that clear little string at the end, those are gonna have different test ratings. A braided line, maybe you have, I like on the reel I was just showing you, I have a 15 pound braided line on this, and I usually use an eight to 10 pound leader. The poundage is the break strength. So I know I'm not catching 20 pound trout. I just know that I'm not going to those places. If I'm gonna to go to those places, I'm gonna make sure that I've got the appropriate lines on my rod and reels. It always helps to do a little bit of research before you go somewhere. That way you know kind of what you're looking for, size of the fish, and based on what they're feeding on, what time of year, you wanna make sure that you have the right test for the fish that you're hunting. So you're telling me I, I need to buy more than one type of fishing line? Not necessarily, you know, because you can fish with just about anything. But if you want to get technical and you want to fish some some big cuties out there, you, you want to make sure you have the right test. So it would be good to maybe have a few different poundage lines in my tackle box just in case. Yeah, like the scouts say, be prepared. It doesn't hurt to have a couple different types of line out there. Boom. So a spinner is a lure that spins to attract fish. The way that it acts is it it's meant to spin. That way it, the light is refracting, reflecting through the water and hitting that lure and going out into the water so that when the fish that you're trying to catch sees that, it is triggered into thinking that it is a smaller fish, something that's food that it, it might want to eat. Especially with trout fishing, spinners are tend to be pretty successful just because trout are pretty aggressive as well. So that triggers some of their instinctual little fishy brains to say, hey, I got to eat this thing. So plug, also known most commonly as crankbait or a wobbler. They're a hard lure made to imitate bait fish. So they are shaped like a fish so that when you're reeling in your line, that lure is moving through the water as, as if it's an actual fish. Yeah, they often oh. have these fun little plastic, these clear plastic parts on the front of them and they're shaped different ways. And the way that the plastic is formed will change the way that the fish imitates, the lure imitates a swim through the water. There's so many cool ones out there and all, all sorts of different colors. Again, check, make sure you do your research, make sure you're using the right color for the right time of day, that sort of thing. Same kind of same kind of concept here, a fly. So when you're fly fishing, these are much different than any of the lures that we've talked about. They are typically smaller hooks and they have a bunch of different pretty colors, animal, hair, sometimes feathers. 
they are made to imitate the flying type of prey. So typically uh, when you're fishing for trout, that's that's what they're bobbing up for. They're making the ripples in the water, jumping out of the water like we've seen. And it's really fun to watch. But a fly is when they're not really going for anything in the water. You want to try to get something on top of the water. So a jig is a weighted hook with a lead head, typically used in jigging. So that is kind of one of your bigger hooks. A lot of them now come with painted patterns on the head. That way they kind of look like they've got little eyeballs in there. So when you put your bait on that hook, it can go through the water. It looks like something. And you also have a, a little bit of tasty goodness on the end for them to just try to attract more fish. So a popper. A popper is very similar to a spinner. It's a type of lure that has a dished out head and it's meant to make a splash. So again, it's kind of acting in the water as if certain other fish would. That way it triggers the fish to think, hey, this is something I might want to eat. Or it's triggering that, that predatory instinct and protection instinct that they have to, hey, what are you doing here? Swim bait is pretty similar to crankbait. They are realistic fish-shaped lures, but a lot of the times they don't have the same action when you're reeling in and, and pulling on that lure as a, as a crankbait does, but they it's, look very similar. Yeah. It's weird to see a swim bait in the shop sometime because sometimes you see it and it's like a better trout than you've caught in a month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that looks like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, this is a six inch swim bait, you know, like yeah. that you can throw on your big old Rhea when you're fishing for real big guys out there. And then finally in this category, we've got a treble hook. So a treble hook is just a hook, but it has three different little hooks branching off of the main the main body of it, and they're used on a lot of a lot of your crankbaits. A lot of you can buy them individually, but they're typically used on on something else like a, a spinner or a crankbait. So there's some fishing technique terms that we're going to cover real quickly. Casting, we talked about that at the top. A cast is throwing your fishing line onto the water, into the water. Casting is the practice of doing that. And we're, we're defining it now because these are different ways to fish. Yeah, you cast every time that you put it in there. But you could be continually casting if you're using spinners or if you're using a crankbait or like if you've got your fly or even if you're doing a swim bait, etc. But then there's another way called trolling. So you're dragging your baited line behind a moving boat. Like Nick and I did this a little bit on the water this weekend with a canoe to no success. To be successful at trolling, you're dropping your line really low, like you're hunting for a lake trout, those big, bad silver fellers that are down at the bottom. We got fly fishing, another technique. Fly fishing is using the lightweight flies on a fly rod. We talked about jigging. Jigging is the method where you're using those little headed hooks called a jig. And there's these, there's these special things that these little rubber trout baits or power baits that aren't necessarily the food that are used to attract, but they're little pieces of rubber that are shiny and multicolored and you run them up the jig. And I actually caught a little brown. If you jump on our Instagram and you see our little thing about little brown trout, you can see I made a little white jig and I used jigging. I was kind of holding it in the water. I saw where the trout was and I moved it around to make the action look like it was a little fishy and swooped them up. Bottom fishing is a technique kind of similar to trolling. Bottom fishing, you've got a baited hook and you drop it to the bottom of the water and you just wait. You just wait till a little sweetie comes up and takes a spoon. You know, you've got spear fishing, which I thought was important for us to talk about. Primitive. Primitive ancient technique. And you wouldn't believe this, but it, its name derives from using a spear to catch fish. Now, these aren't all super important to know, but, you know, we're just talking one-on-one. 
we want you to know that there might be terms that people use to describe the way that they fish that might not be sitting on the side of the shore, throwing a spinner out and reeling it in all day. All right, we're gonna do one last category. We're gonna go quick. We're gonna talk cash-related terms. Here's some that we've talked about a, a few times, but bag limit. When we say bag limit, and different water places have different bag limits, we're talking about the number of fish that you can catch and keep in a day. And here's a few reasons why this is important. One, conservation. Catch and release practices, we talked about this a lot. This is where you're carefully catching the fish and believe it or not, releasing it. A keeper fish, which is, there's a specific size that the fish has to meet for you to actually keep it legally, if you're gonna go and keep the fish that you catch. Now this is important because we want our fish to grow and we want our wives to stay healthy. If you take home tiny little sweeties, we're gonna start narrowing out the population. So the idea is to make sure you're only taking big ones home that have reached a certain level of maturation. So the last two that I wanna cover, these are simple ones. Hooking, which is the action of when you actually get that fish hooked. And then landing, which is successfully getting the fish out of the water. We've hooked, Nick, we've hooked fishes before, and we have lost those fishes before we get yep. up to them, because sometimes we lose the battle. So that's landing a fish. Hooking a fish, landing a fish, very different things. Uh, another thing you might hear people say is fish on. This fish is, on! This is the phrase that Nick uses to max out the audio in our takes. Fish on is a phrase, it's just the celebratory hook that a lot of uh, anglers will shout when they have a fish. So it sounds weird, but it's a thing that people say. It's celebratory, it's exciting. It's a little uh, it's, bit of a braggart term. You want everyone yeah, around yeah. you to know you caught a fish. Which is weird when you're at the reservoir by yourself or at a creek <laughs> and you can only see one guy two miles away, but you still shout it to him. All right, well, that's it for our Fishing 101 turns today. We thought, hey, you're part of the Rainbow Boys Brigade. Maybe we can entertain and light you a little bit. And hey, if you're not a part of that Rainbow Boys Brigade, join up. You know how you do that? You follow us online at Rainbow Boys. That's R-A-I-N-B-O-W-B-O-I-E-S. Instagram, YouTube, that's where we'd be at. If you've got any questions, either want to leave us an audio recording or send us an email, hit us up at rainbowboyspodcast at gmail.com. That's Rainbow Boys, boys spelled B-O-I-E-S, podcast. And I hope we got a little bit out of this today. Nick, did you learn any phrases today? Did I impress you at all? No, I definitely did. Yes, I did it. All right, no, friends, we, we hope you've also learned a lot too. Until next time. Tight lines, friends.